0: Welcome to OK Sis Podcast. Hi sisters, I'm Maddie. And I'm Scout. And we are sisters IRL. I'm the older one. Yes, Scout, we know. We're cultural observers. And of curious minds. Get ready for sisterly banter while we chat about fixations, learnings, and personal growth. We promise it'll be a good time. As long as you don't get too loud, Mads. Hi sisters, Scout here, and only Scout, Mads is not on this episode since today is my September episode for my mental health chats, and I have the most amazing inspiring interview coming your way with gina DeVee, the author of the audacity to be queen but first before we get into the episode i wanted to give a little bit of a life update i am getting ready to leave for tulum with my sister i'm going with my husband my sister and her boyfriend for a week to celebrate my 30th birthday which is this september sorry this saturday september 18th which is Very wild. It feels like such an appropriate age for me. I am dying to be 30. I cannot wait. So, going to Tulum to celebrate is going to be so beautiful and special. And it is very, very needed for me right now. As you sisters know, I am a month out into my book launch, and I definitely uh, am a little burnt out, you know, birthing the the emotional entrepreneur into the world the way I did with a bunch of podcast episodes, an incredible party, and all of the things that go into a launch. It was definitely a lot of output, a lot of energy, a lot of being on, and so I am really looking forward to getting away a little bit and just being in the present moment away from work. I also, you know, with that, just want to thank you, sisters. You guys made the Emotional Entrepreneur book launch what it was. You made the book hit number 11 on Amazon for women in business and to continue charting in the top 100 for women in business this entire month. I have seen every single photo you have posted on Instagram and tagged me. I just so appreciate it. All of you who left five star reviews on Amazon the entire experience knowing you guys had my back and were supporting The Emotional Entrepreneur was one of the most humbling and special experiences of my life. So if you have not yet purchased my book, The Emotional Entrepreneur, you can get it on Amazon and I will leave a link in the show notes. And with that, um, I'm going on vacation, sisters. I haven't not worked in two and a half years. Every time I go out of town, I am working. That is kind of the curse and the blessing that comes with entrepreneurship and being the owner and boss of a business. And for the first time since starting Scouts Agency, I am unplugging. I'm spending a week in the present moment. I am spending the week outside of my inbox, not, I'm turning literally all notifications off, even my Slack, even my Google Cal, all of the things. And so I am just so looking forward to that nourishing rest. And once that nourishing rest is over and I'm back at it, you can expect Scout Podcast to come back mid-October, which I'm also really excited about. But for now, I am about to celebrate my 30th birthday, with my loved ones, with Mads, my husband, her boyfriend, into loom, unplugging, and just being, just living and being. And I am really, really looking forward to it. So I have a feeling though that today's episode is going to inspire you sisters more more than you know. Gina is an incredibly inspiring woman. She has found a large large success being a business coach, uh, and with her book, she is asking women to or help inspiring women to step into the age of the queen. Her book is The Unapologetic Art of Dreaming Big and Manifesting Your Most Fabulous Life. And if you sisters know me and my messaging and everything I preach when it comes to mental health and spirituality. Uh, Gina speaks my language. I think you guys will will pick that up quite quickly. We talked about everything from how to play big, how to design your dream mindset, uh, what to do in the face of fear, how to rely on God and the universe for abundance. I mean, it went deep real fast. We, I told her that it was going to be a 30 minute interview and it ended up being an hour because I truly could talk to Gina forever. So I hope you sisters love this. If you read my book, The Emotional Entrepreneur, you will love the audacity to be queen. So I will also leave the link to her book in the show notes as well. I read it front to cover and it was such a, I talk about this on the episode, but her book really provides that macro level of playing big and stepping into your personal power, as well as that micro level through her anecdotes, through her experience, um, as a therapist and as a life coach, there is just so many nuggets of wisdom in there that I stopped and was able to integrate during this episode. So I hope you enjoy sisters. And if you are not, come follow me on Instagram at Scout Sobel. Okay, sisters, enjoy. We have the queen here. The queen. I refer to Gina DeVee as the queen. She is the author of The Audacity to be queen. And I am so honored because we're going to be talking a lot about mindset and playing small. But first, Gina, how are you?
1: Oh, Scout, thanks so much for having me. I, it's, I'm, I'm so honored to be here. I just adore you. And I'm so grateful to uh, be in this conversation to support women um, with mindset, mental health, and playing big. Yeah, so you're
0: one of my favorite people because... You have the traditional psychology background,
1: mm-hmm.
0: kind of the life coach, and as well as really ahead of the narrative on women taking up space, women stepping into their personal power, women women having financial freedom, emotional freedom, all of those things. So I feel like you so beautifully connect the two worlds because as you sisters know, I have been in the therapy world for years, since I was 14. But it wasn't until I hired a mindset coach that my healing sped up. And a lot of the times, Gina, people find that to be, I don't know if the word is controversial, but something of a little bit of attention of, well, is your coach credible and all these things, et cetera. So I love that you blend the two worlds. And can you, I don't know if comment on that, but do you see the psychology worlds and the life coaching worlds kind of starting to overlap
1: a little bit more? It's such a great question. Uh, It honestly depends on what circle you're in. So I'm a big believer in everyone gets to, needs to, should do whatever works for them. Um, You know, if cognitive behavioral psychology works for you, if success coaching works for you, if metaphysics works for you, like do what works for you. For me personally, so I was trained in humanistic and clinical psychology. And the essence of that is, they call it being in, being with, and being for the client. So it's very client-centered. It's very the client has the answer. It's very not directive, advice-giving, revealing nothing about yourself and your own personal journey, and it's really about asking the clients enough questions so that they get to the right uh, result for them or the, you know, the right outcome. And, uh, I believe in all that to a point <laughs> only because we are not yet living to be a thousand years old. Um, the, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a natural process. It's a holistic process. It's an organic process that can yield really great results. And it can take a really, really, really long time, um, for someone to get to that place themselves. So what I personally love is the mix. Um, so as, a former therapist, I can ask people questions and see how kind of quickly they can come to it themselves. And then, based on whatever someone's working on, you know, interject coaching where it is a bit more directive to help people get to the desired result a bit quicker.
0: Beautiful. I'm in a mastermind and now we're all coaching each other. You know, mm-hmm. we send voice notes and, like, I'm coaching her, she's coaching me, and it's kind of become the way we talk to one another and it's a really beautiful way to talk to one another. I know every coach is different, et cetera, but it has been one of the most transformational experiences in my life to get that level of support in addition to therapy. So I'm just, it's just awesome to see someone who does both because I think they're so, so important to kind of either do a mix, to do whatever works for you, et cetera. Mm -hmm. But today, of course, this is what happens. You see this little loony right here? She's like the third co-host of OK Sis because whenever I go on- Clearly a
1: queen. Clearly a
0: queen. (laughs) She was getting in on this queen conversation. (laughs) Have you seen her? Look at this thing. Oh no, she's gone. She's a fluffy Pomeranian. So anyways, (laughs) I want to talk specifically about chapter five of your book, Stepping Out of the Shadows. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to talk about it because- As I have launched my own book, as I have, you know, gotten on this mic, you know, I started getting on the mic with OK Podcast thinking no one was listening. And now I know that people are listening. And so I'm thinking of myself as, what is my message? How do I show up in the public, quote unquote, the public eye, etc. In rooms, etc. And I've really kind of come into this narrative of stepping into my personal power. Mm -hmm. However, when people hear that who maybe are a couple steps behind in that personal development journey, that seems very uh, abstract and intangible. So another way to put it is that um, playing small or playing big, and I have made a very, very big commitment in my own life to playing big in all aspects, even when that is uncomfortable. And I think one of the main tenets of my messaging is the discomfort part of that. So Mm -hmm. can you talk a little bit about what you mean when you say playing small versus playing big?
1: Mm -hmm. So I think for everyone to be able to ground in this, you know, stepping into your personal power applies to every single person, every single day, basically with every single decision you make. And so you don't have to think that this doesn't apply to you and you don't need to make it more difficult than, than it actually is. We all know what our next edge is. If it's learning to say no, if it's setting a boundary, if it's being courageous enough to speak up, if it's, um, I don't know, letting yourself like look a little more glamorous rather than like dimming your light physical, like whatever it is, you know, what. next level is and so we're just calling that stepping into your personal power and then really getting you know I think that also for this generation to understand every generation kind of does the work so that ideally the next generation doesn't have to do the same work. You know, we want to go like, like the women who went before us, like they worked so that we would have the right to vote. They worked so that we could own businesses and have our own bank accounts. And, you know, like, so all that, like, that's not our biggest thing. Like, we don't have to wake up, like figuring out how we're going to fight for the right to vote today. And so I think if we like women who went before us in the workplace and women who, you know, I'm 48 years old. So I think there was so much in my generation that was about transforming the money story and getting worthy. And so, and I, I, I see that so many millennials and I, I'm, you know, everyone's unique. So I'm, I'm generalizing here, but I see so many millennials do not have the same, like, oh my goodness, I could never do that, that, that people of my generation did and worked through. And so I just want to really encourage everyone for the generations that have gone before you don't dim your light. You deserve to be here. You deserve to shine your light. Um, You are needed. Your voice is meant to be heard or you wouldn't be here. And so there's actually a responsibility that comes with like having a pulse (laughs) and it's about playing big and showing up and not waiting for someone else to give you permission, but giving it to yourself. And you know what your desires are. So just act on them rather than keep thinking that someone else has the mic, has the spotlight, deserves more center stage than you. Uh, We all deserve it at this point.
0: I'm so happy that you said the generational part of this because as I was reading your book, as someone who's in the personal development game and considers herself someone who is stepping into her, you know, playing big, not playing small and, and really moving head on with these mindset stuff, et cetera. I was reading your book and I was wondering if my generation was going to get it. I mean, not, not understand it. If we were going to be the generation to completely implement these on the next scale, because I really feel as if potentially, and and let me know if I'm generalizing here, obviously, but potentially in your generation, it was about asking these questions and breaking the mold and deciding to do what they wanted to do in many ways. It's what I saw with the mothers of my friends, um, not necessarily having financial freedom or not doing the work they really wanted to do. Um, And it feels as if my generation, if we just so choose to listen to the codes of wisdom that you bring forth in the Audacity you know, in your book, that we can be a generation who kind of breaks through those limiting beliefs, breaks through being small. And obviously everyone's at a different pace, but potentially with all the information going on with podcasts, with books, with courses, all of this stuff is so mainstream. You know, when I was 14, therapy was weird, right? And now here we are talking about playing big, playing small, the universe, all of this stuff is now becoming kind of in our everyday jargon. Do you see our generation rising up to the wisdom that you are being that you are passing down in your book one of the most surprising side effects of postpartum for me was that my hair started shedding right around the crown of my head now I have these random baby hairs sticking out near my forehead that I just can't figure out what to do with
2: yeah I keep
0: asking you to tame those down but they seem to be very stubborn yes I know Mads After a few months of me not seeing improved hair growth, I knew I needed to give my hair some extra strength and support. Enter Nutrafol. I just got the Nutrafol's postpartum supplement and I'm so excited because I'm committed to supporting my hair health now that I'm postpartum. The next six months is going to be me and Nutrafol.
2: I might not be a mother like Scoutala is, but as you sisters know, we are always on a hair journey here on OK Sister Podcast. I am always looking for a way to up my hair health game. I love Nutrafol because they have a whole body approach, multi-targets, underlying root causes like
0: stress, hormone fluctuations, and nutrient gaps for visibly thicker and stronger hair. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutraful is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutraful.com and enter the promo code OKSYS. Promo code OKSIS15, 15
2: Go ahead and treat yourself. From luxurious skincare to meaningful self-care, you deserve it.
1: To a degree, um, you know, I think what's so cool was in my generation, like, we watched Oprah or Tony Robbins or Wayne Dyer or Marianne Williamson. And it was very much like the age of the guru, so to speak. And there was like the them and then us. And one of the beautiful things about the internet is it just straight up leveled the playing field. Everyone was a media outlet. Everyone had the microphone. Um, Everyone had access to the global marketplace. And so there was a real, even though the technology was there, there was a real shift in psychology for someone like me. You know, I was in my late twenties when the internet came out um, and like kind of coming to age in my early thirties. So it was like, oh, right. I don't have to wait for someone else. Like I get to, to, to step into this. So there was a psychology aspect and then there was the technological aspect. The thing that I would just really want to encourage all generations and especially yours is drop into the substance a bit more drop Mm. into the spiritual connection you know I I love you know I understand the pendulum swing psychologically like we went from like there are only a few stars and you can't be a star among stars, which is what I do talk about in my book. Like the psychology was there's a star and everybody else follows. So then there's like been this pendulum swing for like influencer where it's like before we were like, oh, I could never. And now it's look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. And, you know, I just, I want there to be a healthy grounding, because when it's, when anything is outside of you, when the distraction is outside of you or the drive is outside of you, meaning it's competitive or fear-based or feeling like lack in any way, it's never going to really be sustainable or fruitful or ultimately enjoyable. And so I would just love to see even more grounding, more substance, more more internal, like really doing the deeper questions. Like I see you so often doing that, like, who am I? And what am I about? And what am I meant to contribute as I shine my light? You know? Um, So I think that that's an area, a depth is an area of opportunity for your generation. Where
0: do you see yourself still playing small? Where do you catch yourself and say, ooh, ooh, we're 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 worried about what someone thinks. We're thinking about our image. We're in fear. Where do you, where do you see yourself still playing small today?
1: Mm. It's you know you turn forty and a few things change. So it's not those things as much. Famous last words, right? Um, you know because I've been through a lot of that. I think you know one of the one of the big ways I was playing small um, and didn't even see it was. it hit me like a ton of bricks earlier this year. So for the past, I've been doing this work for the past 20 years. In the past 15 years, I've been like a business success coach and it has served me well. And I have served many uh, well also. And I don't know, I just thought I'd like be like Bob Proctor. I'd be like walking out on stage as I'm like 93 years old, still talking about the same thing because transforming the money story did change my life and all this personal development work. Like I, I, you know, for those that don't know, I'm a school teacher's kid from Detroit. Like I remember Gina from Detroit, um, you know, the woman before I had a multimillion dollar women's empowerment business. And so I always wanted to be a voice for the woman who hadn't heard this information yet. And so I'm trucking through 2020 and I know it was a devastating year for so many. And, um, that was just not my personal experience. It was my compassionate experience, but you know, my business was booming. I shifted, pivoted everything online. Fine. 2021 hits and I'm like going for it. Like I always do. And nothing was working scout. Like my launches weren't taking off. Facebook ads were more expensive than ever. I was having less fun than ever working harder than ever for lower numbers, watching all of my friends, you know, just, crushing it like and like slaying their launches and just like what's wrong with me and am i a fax machine and like am i just a has-been like over like all of the ego stuff and all of the the fear based stuff and so i cried every day of january um thinking that i wasn't enough that i wasn't relevant that what was wrong with me and in february but like white knuckling it holding on and because i've had launches not go well before. I've had to dust myself off. I've had to pull the next rabbit out of a hat. Every entrepreneur has. And my poor husband, I did not cry every day of February. I sobbed (laughs) because my resistance was so strong. And then in March, my father went into the hospital and it's a little cliche to say that like stuff like this has to wake you up, but it did and nothing else mattered. And I went to be by his bedside and I just really, I I surrendered, like I finally gave it up. And surrender does not mean to give up or drop your desires or lower your expectations. Surrender means to give over to God. And in that moment I did, and I, what I, what the point I'm making here is the way that I was playing small was I could not see bigger or better for myself than being a business coach. Like I thought that's who I was. I thought that's how I made my money. I thought that's what people wanted from me. Like my whole ecosystem revolved around it. And I, and I, I also didn't even like it that much anymore. Like if one more person would ask me, you know, what do you think of my squeeze page? Or what do you think like my, who I'm ideal client should be? I was like going to like lose it. So even then I'm like holding on to this thing that I didn't even want, but I just, I, I couldn't see past, wouldn't let myself see past it until I went into surrender. And so fast forward a few short months, like I'm The universe just showed, like, I surrendered it. It's like, you take a rock out of the ocean and a wave will swoop in. Like, collaborations have swooped in. Like, opportunities have swooped in. Like, I don't, nobody even wants business coaching from me anymore. All they want is the spiritual. All they want is the queen. All they want is the big thinking. I'm like, what? I could have been talking about this all along. So to answer your question, um, my self-identity in the form of my career was one way that I was definitely playing small. Um, and I think there's, there's, uh, you know, I write about in my book, there's the school of love, the school of money and the school of health, and I'm very much in the school of money and I can see myself, I give, I'm going to share this, but I'll, I'll happily share it. So there's something I'm working on that requires, um, a significant sum of money that I do not currently have. And this is not new to me. This is like been my journey the whole time I write about it in the book. Um, so I like, but there's just more zeros now. So it's like, and so I have to like take myself through the same process everyone else does if they're manifesting anything, but particularly money, it's like, okay, what's the purpose? What's it for? What's a specific amount? And I'm like doing all the normal stuff and I'm a little more evolved and I'm like, okay, I acknowledge that Gina DeVee thinks that this is a big amount of money. I also acknowledged I had enough in me to know god doesn't think this is a big amount of money (laughs) and so i was like okay so i'm making this thing so big and i think that for all of us in playing small we think that something's such a big deal and it is for us in our humanness and where we're at in our current mindset but it's not in terms of the universe and it's not in terms of spirit and it's not in terms of the infinite so i went into to, to prayer and prayer is my way of speaking to the divine and so I like made my requests and then I do go into meditation, which is when I actually shut up and I let the divine speak to me. And so when I went into this meditation, I was like in this house, it was kind of an older house. And, and anyways, it not one I was familiar with. And I felt God with me and I felt myself in the meditation, asking God for this specific amount of money for a specific purpose. And I could feel that I still felt it was really big. And God was so generous and love, like emotionally generous and loving. And there was this like slide in the floor and God pulled back the slide and it was filled with gold coins. And then it kept going and going and going. And it was like almost like the yellow brick road, like this winding road of gold coins. And it was just another indicator of how small my thinking is, um, you know, even around, specifically in this place around money. And just how, if we just open up to what the divine actually has in store for us, uh, anything is possible.
0: There's so much. There's three things I want to touch upon. One, what you just said that you know, in Gina's mind, it was a lot, but in God's mind, it's not. That's a very similar thing that came to me at my book lunch party. When I gave a speech, I said, we as humans have limitations on what we think is possible for this lifetime. And I didn't want my limitations. I wanted God's limitations. Of course, God has no limitations, but um, for the sake of kind of painting this picture. So that's such a beautiful way. If anyone is living in lack, if anyone is wondering how to play big, it's to know that we are wired to have certain like ceilings. And if we can allow that ceiling or give up that ceiling to God, the game changes. So there's this aspect of surrender with which Gina, I want to talk to you about because that's another one of those things for me where it's like playing big surrender, really abstract concepts. And for me, it has been the, the, uh, lesson of the year for me for the past year i've been learning to surrender Mm -hmm. and sometimes i cheat myself i was like okay well i'm just gonna surrender and then i'll check my email and the thing i'm waiting for will happen but that's not how surrender works it's not on your timeline it's completely giving up control which giving up control for me while while paradoxically being in your manifestation of what you want to happen it's spirituality is the biggest paradox and it blows your mind but Mm -hmm. can you talk about ways for women to surrender into the dreams of their lives?
1: Mm -hmm. Sorry, into the lives of their dreams. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So first of all, I think that everyone has a divine assignment on any given day. And sometimes the divine assignment is take a nap, make a healthier food choice, uh, shut down your computer at two o'clock, and sometimes the divine assignment is like forgive your mother. No, like really forgive your mother, or let that resentment go from that whoever betrayed you or you feel betrayed by. And I think that surrender is also very similar. Like we sometimes we think, like, you know, you gotta like surrender your firstborn or something to like qualify for surrender, or like, you know, for me, surrendering. My identity career as I career and income generating forces as I knew it, that was a really big surrender for me. Um, last night, I saw something online where I was like tempted to get resentful. And it was like it was a, it was a petty, stupid little like t- jealousy kind of thing. And that one was, was much easier. That was really like, just put your spiritual tools in place. And it was like, I could shift it. So I think that when, if people are, people will know what their divine assignment is for for the day. And don't think that something is too small or too big for surrender to apply. Sometimes the small stuff helps us build our spiritual muscles so that when the bigger stuff comes um, we're, we're ready for it. And, and sometimes it's just, you got to do the quantum leap. If you're facing a, a divorce or a diagnosis or like one, some of the quote unquote bigger things, but remembering with God, like, you know, the course of miracles says there's no order of difficulty in miracles. And so really we're all just asking for a miracle.
0: When you said
1: the divine
0: assignment of the day, my body just relaxed. Because I'm taking on the divine assignment of my life. Right. And that can be, you know, sometimes you're in the zone and it's stoked and you're excited about the big vision. But sometimes, you know, sometimes you have to zoom out and sometimes you have to zoom in mm-hmm. and many times. Mm-hmm. And so that was a gift that you just gave me because I have been, in fear over the big divine assignment. When today, really, I know which what my divine assignment is today. Exactly. Yeah. And that's it. Yep. That's it. That's all I have to think about. Yes. Um, something you said earlier before you started talking about surrender is, you know, when you think about business coach Gina and now mm-hmm. evolving into this next spiritual, you know, inspiring women to step into their queen queenhood. Mm-hmm. um when you do personal development work and when you trust in your own evolution you say goodbye to versions of yourself
1: mm-hmm.
0: and for me that's been very difficult mm-hmm. so for example in my early 20s I was very almost like goth punk I got tattoos for the fuck of it I listened to you know. Elliot Smith and like really depressing music. Um, And I was in my fields of this creative artistic suffering world and I wrote poetry and I smoked cigarettes and I hanged out at the coffee shops. And when people get better, a common theme they say is, well, if I take this medication, will it squash my creativity? Because we have preconceived notions of what real creativity is. And so, I went on a healing journey where I didn't write poetry. I didn't listen to those musics. I didn't really sit in that life for a very long time as I healed. Mm -hmm. And the other night I missed that, that scout, that version Mm -hmm. of me. Mm -hmm. And so I put together a playlist of the music I used to listen to. And I wrote some poetry and I was in my feels. But it was just this wild, wild trip of looking at how different I can be at different stages of my life and how if you would have told me the one who dropped out of college and was like rebelling against x y and z that I would be a business owner it would be laughable at 21 year old scout but how do you evolve and let go of old versions of yourself that are no longer serving you and yet still integrate them and know that they had a really great place in your
1: journey Well, there's older versions that no longer serve where you're genuinely ready to graduate. Like you just, you don't miss it anymore. Um, you know, for me that invo- like, I don't miss dating the local loser rock stars of Detroit. I just, I, I do miss. Hanging out at a dive bar sometimes. Yeah. I I don't miss newbie technical checklisty nuts and bolts business coaching. I um I, so here's where I'm going with it. The pieces that you miss, pay attention. Mm. Because you may have like lifestyles come in packages. And so sometimes we'll just get rid of the entire package, but we'll like keep what we'll like. Maybe there was part of that package that was actually meant to journey on. And so I think, especially in the entrepreneurial space, um, a lot of creativity unnecessarily gets left in the past, a lot of passion, a lot of emotion, um, because all of a sudden there's a computer and internet and Excel sheet and, in like a, a different way that we're supposed to be. Um, and so I do believe that we are, you know, when I say the age of queen is now in my book, I do believe we are heading into this more, not even holistic, but actually feminine forward place. And the feminine arts are about poetry and passion and play and and pleasure. So I'm not surprised that those elements want to come in. So, you know, I don't know what you're missing. You might not be missing, like, the emotional dark space that you're in, but you might be missing the creative outlet and some of the funkiness that actually has an edge that is very much a part of you that's not supposed to even not be.
0: Yeah. You know, I in business can tend to operate solely in the masculine.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so with my book lunch, when I did that photo shoot with this like green dress ball gown, gorgeous, it was this, it just ignited something in me. And I decided, I don't care if it's good for business. I don't care. I'm going to have a, a monthly photo shoot
1: mm-hmm. where
0: I pick a vibe. It's mm-hmm. not just like the outfits I wear on a daily basis, but it's a lot more imaginative. So I think you're right that the feminine is calling in it. And I like how you said too, if you have a past part of you that is coming through, there is potentially a aspect of that that still serves you today. And you don't have to take the whole package. I don't have to wear Doc Martens and smoke at the, the random coffee shop anymore. I can really truly be who I am today while saying, hey, I need to insert more creativity into my life
1: for the sake of being creative. Exactly. Like I'm not missing the, uh, those guys, but I did buy a keyboard this year. Yeah. It's like, you know, so much of that stuff, at least for me, that stuff, I was trying to date who I really wanted to become. And so it's like, and I never really let that out because then, like business owner took priority. And so now more play and passion is taking priority. And so now there is a keyboard and I play around with that. I love that. I want to quote
0: a sentence that you said in your book, Mm -hmm. which hit me because I think we talk a lot about designing our dream life. What does it look like? What job do we have? What house are we living in? How much money do we need to achieve that? And then what are the actionable steps we can take to create that dream life? But you said, designing your mindset is one of the most fun and empowering skill sets a woman can develop. And the idea of designing your mindset hit me like a ton of bricks because we all hear your thoughts create your your reality. We get it. We've heard it 25 million times. And yet I understand it. I've lived it. I've created that. But that phrase never hit me emotionally or in a really powerful way. But designing your mindset is something that feels fun. Maybe I don't know if it's because you wrote fun, but it feels Mm -hmm. fun to me it feels like, okay, what do I want the inside of my head to look like? What do I want the narrative to be? What screen am I projecting behind this forehead? How do I want to make my mindset make me feel? And Mm -hmm. suddenly it wasn't, okay, replace the negative thought with a positive thought. It was imaginative. It was fun. It was expansive. And I saw the direct correlation between if I'm going to design what I see out here right now, I also get to design what I feel inside. And so can you talk about designing your mindset and for any of our sisters listening, Mm -hmm. ways we can start to play in that
1: zone? Yes. yes, yes. So clearly you are obsessed with all things feminine, which I could not be more thrilled about.
0: Yeah. Because Uh, I, I,
1: you know, I need to master it. That's probably. (laughs) Well, it's, um, and, but what you're seeing is like, the universe is also call, calling this forth, you know, the, in in women like us, where the the feminine arts, they've been not just like shoved down, sequestered back burner, like they've been straight up made wrong, straight up made wrong. And, um, which has forced us women to, Place logic and all things masculine at the forefront and just not even allow any time for brainstorming or you know cultivating our, our passion and play muscles, our, our the muscles of the intuition also. And then we and others make our in, intuitive impulses wrong if they don't make logical sense. So I've got to check in, am I going to share this? Um, So there are, well, I want want people to to be able to ground. So if you read in my book, when I was so like, everyone was like, you should like wake up wanting to leap out of bed in the morning. And like, uh, at that point, the honeymoon of entrepreneurship had totally worn off. And I was like, It was a job, it was work. I wasn't leaping out of bed in the morning to figure out how to set up an affiliate link and like an autoresponder. And so I was like, what would actually have me feel like I was leaping out of bed in the morning? And it was to go to Italy. And I was $75,000 in debt, a, a budding business. That didn't make any sense according to Western culture and financial planners and anybody who thought that they were like responsible and knew better than me. The feminine impulse in me—it wouldn't go away. Like, like that's what would have me. And I wanted to feel good. Like, I wanted to play. I wanted to live a big life, and I didn't know how to get there. But I knew that, like, sitting behind my computer one more day at my little apartment in Santa Monica wasn't going to get me there either. So I, I did it step by step. And I see women doing this all the time. They're taking themselves out of the game because they don't have all the money for the thing or whatever. I was like Gina, just put it in motion. And I went and I looked up how, how much were a couple coach tickets to get to Italy from LA like it was like that boom I didn't even have that amount of money but all I did was I went and I worked I don't remember what it was but let's say it was a thousand bucks for two tickets or something I went and made the thousand dollars and I went and bought the tickets boom that was in motion therefore I was going to Italy for sure next how much was the hotel boom went and made that amount of money like and I just took it step by step I didn't realize because I actually thought it was super selfish to go to Italy. I was just obsessed and gave myself permission to be. I didn't realize the double blessing of what God was actually looking to do through me, which was to get me to Italy. Because once I got to Italy, that's where I was like, actually physically living divine living. Like I was on the Amalfi coast and I was shopping and there's like more stories in there that explain even more. But the point is, I had only been talking about queen from like a psychological or a symbolic sense. And it was like the universe was like moving me along for my brand to have an actual physical, visual aesthetic sense. And so that was all born there. And I I didn't, that wasn't why I was going. I, I didn't have that thunk up before I went. So if we will all just start trusting our intuition more and need it to make less sense, or at least not having logic and practical be the reason you do something. Um, I was at a, I was hosting a retreat recently and someone said, um, okay, so here's what's practical. I said, I'm already uninterested. (laughs) Um, Okay,
0: some, some fear is coming up when you yep. talk about this, because it's something that I, tr- I did this year. Okay. Yep, I put more amount of money into my book lunch than I have put into anything. Okay. And I'll say it. I'm going to say it. I didn't pay off my credit card bill <gasps> for the first time in my <laughs> entire fucking life, Gina. Mm-hmm. And I did that very purposely. I knew, I knew what the balance was going to be at the end Mm -hmm. of this. Mm -hmm. I knew that it was going to take a couple months, which is like not a big deal to pay Mm -hmm. off. Mm -hmm. And I knew that technically my dad in my back head, Mm -hmm. the financial advisor in my back head, the whatever in my, the men, the men in my back head.
1: prison coming for you.
0: Yeah. Was like, this is, you spend what you have. And Mm -hmm. yes, you do. And when something, you know, I believed in this dream so much. Mm -hmm. And so I, I, like you did, didn't trust the logic. I took the intuitive leap. I wanted the book launch at that place. And that Mm -hmm. was it. Mm -hmm. And I was empowered while I did it. And I'm seeing the fruits of my labor. Mm -hmm. It's very hard for fear not to come into the picture when one, takes risks and takes a leap that is beyond their comfort zone. And I always preach to do things despite the discomfort, of course, because I know that once I surrender this fear that I'm experiencing post book launch, which is also post exhaustion and stress and burnout. And so that always adds to the, the lies that I'm telling myself in my head. Mm-hmm. When one trusts their intuition and makes a big jump, how do we do so without fear
1: stealing the result from us depends on how much you trust god like if there's a big difference between Mm. trusting your intuition and being impulsive yes so you know you gotta you gotta own it my that particular trip to italy was not indulgence it was not impulsive it was divinely guided and I've done plenty of things in my life that have been impulsive and overindulgent. Um, and that never feels good. It's just, it's just like food. If, if you overeat or undereat, eat, it, ju- it just doesn't feel good. And women, how are you gonna know the difference if you don't do both? How are you gonna know what alignment actually is for you if you haven't eaten too little or too much so that you do know what's just right? So I don't make anyone wrong over, look, I actually think that more women, if they really woke up, they would be in so much more pain about the money that they didn't spend versus the money that they did.
0: Yeah. You know what? I got to, I've known this for the past week. Like I got to, I got to fucking shape my mindset up. Like it has been not the mindset that I operate on. Um, And it's because I had exact expectations of what would happen exactly after I spent that money. And that's me being in control and that's me not surrendering and trusting God, which as I was spending the money, as I was crafting the stream launch, it was a divine intense trust. Mm -hmm. And the minute it was over, my human ego came in and with the fear and the et cetera. So you've given me more gifts today than, than I can count. Um
1: I got one more for you though. Yes. So, so here's the thing that I, I think that happens for all of us and that kind of like, good for you. You, you had the dream, you followed the dream. So there's all this expansion going on around like the visualization, the creativity, your frequency is raising the environment that you're putting yourself and who you're, like, it was all like, Duh! And then when that particular event ended, what we can do is we can end the support from the universe also. And so my encouragement to you and everyone else and myself also is that as we go into the expansion, keep asking for more, keep asking for greater guidance without us needing to go into the constriction. So it's like, so if you were divinely guided to, some money is just energy. So do you put in an extra level of energy into this dream of having birthed the book? So then continue then to ask, then how can even more energy come in to support that so that you don't go into a place of constriction financially or in your mindset?
0: Mm. Wow. I never thought I could ask. I'm realizing this now. I've logically known this, but I, I didn't think I could ask for more after that because it was in my mind, such an expansive experience that I was like, this is the ceiling of what I get to do this year. Right. And so I didn't ask for more. I asked for my check. I said, okay, I'm collecting. I'm collecting from my expansive experience. Right. And
1: and you declared it's going to take you two months to pay this off. Yeah. And so that's what the universe is providing because you declared it.
0: Sisters, if you're listening right now, there's subtle things happening right here, but it is literally just the fact that because I felt this way, because I felt that it would take X amount of time, it will take X amount of time. And because that's not what my heart desires and that I'm stepping into fear, it actually might take me longer because I'm constricting the flow of what is available to me.
1: Also, you can tell that this two-month time frame is not right for you no because it doesn't feel good Mm -mm. and so if we start to pay attention like oh wow it doesn't feel good that it's going to take me not because of your fucking father it doesn't feel good to you i mean granted we all have that conditioning like dad's like i told you so and whatever but like you're just like i'm a queen I have access to the infinite. I was guided to spend X number of dollars slash energy on this. So rather than constrict it, now it's about even more expansion. So universe, show me what you got. Oh, so when, you, when I was living on $2,000 a month, I would ask for $2,000 a month and I would get somewhere between 18, to, $1,800 to $2,000 a month. So I was always at zero or a little less than. And then one day it dawned on me, Gina, what if you ask for $5,000 a month? Mm. That was like, oh, having two and a half months worth of bills in the bank, that was like mind blowing to me, but it was just a simple asking for more. Mm. And so when we can feel like it's interesting, I just moved to Miami and um, I, you know, I've done my, you know, there's just like different seasons in a woman's life. Like there was like a time when I needed 10 pairs of Jimmy Choo's in a year. And then it's like, I have them and I've had them. and It's just not the thing for me at this moment. But anyways, we we recently moved to Miami. And so we've been looking for, we've just rented for a year to figure it out. And then we're looking for a home. And so at first I was being like super reasonable just because I was like, we travel a lot, whatever. And I was like, "Uh uh and then like, I bumped it up to be like, all right, well, we can do this, you know, what? And there was like, nothing. So then I doubled it, which was like a little, I mean, I could like, it's not doable in this moment but with a little hustle. I could make it happen. Like, it's like, it's like, just like the slightly next level. Scout, there was like, I was not, I'm not even being a diva here. Like, I was just like, there is like not one place, even at this doubled amount that I would move into that, that wouldn't have to at least renovate like the kitchen, the bathrooms. And Then ironically, I follow some chick on Instagram who happens to be a realtor and she was like showing a place that like, I wasn't, so I wasn't even like on Redfin or, realtor.com or whatever, and she was showing a place and I was like, that's it. And it was like double of the double. And so I was like, wow, like I, there's a reason why A, B and C don't feel good. And I'm going to trust it. And so even though it's like, so beyond like what we're used to asking for, how we're used to thinking of ourselves, like the, the, like the size of whatever playing field, it's not too big for God. And so that was another way that I realized it was like, well, if that's, the level that feels right to me, then all right, I got some redesigning of my mind to do.
0: Oh my, I know the level that feels right to me. I know it. I I have it in my head. I, I know exactly what it is, Gina. And I, for some reason this week, just this week was talking myself out of why that's not doable. And that's, and, and listen, I've, I've done so much work on myself that I had the self-awareness to know, hey, this this loop isn't me. This mindset isn't me. It, it's time to change it. And, you know, sometimes you have to sit in it. Sometimes you have to send voice notes of yourself screaming to your best friend, bending. You got to get that energy out. And then, you know, I said that I wasn't going to take a podcast interview this week. Boom. We, we recorded this last minute. So. Thank you so much. You, you are incredible. Your book is so incredible. I just want to point out that there are so many anecdotes in your book that are so simple, yet so powerful for day-to-day mindset training. Like when you had your assistant and you took it on the trip and she was taking photos with the clients and you made this whole narrative up in your head about what the assistant is going to take over your business and blah, blah, blah. And then you talked to her and she actually didn't know that wasn't company policy. It was just, I think sisters that we talk about also the big expansiveness, the playing big and all these things. And there are things, micro things on a daily level about our relationships with others and the way we think, what we think they're thinking, et cetera, et cetera, that can completely throw our energy off course. So not only is Junia's book going to give you that big playing field, it's also going to teach you on the smaller playing field, how to not get misstep, how to not get stuck in things that don't deserve your attention, that are just complete fabrications in your mind. So thank you so much, Gina, truly. Can you let everybody know where to find you?
1: Yes. Oh, Scout, it's been such a pleasure. Thank you for bringing such depth. I mean, this is the stuff I'm talking about. Like, I know this, your generation has it and to be able to have the, the, the big glamour external, but this level of depth, uh, authenticity, um, transparency, and just like contribution to others. I just want to close with and then I'll leave my stuff. Please remember you playing big only blesses others. Like I know we get so self-obsessed like, oh, I'm going to live in the bigger home or I'm going to pay off the credit card or I'm going to do the whatever. But remember it, it's not just there to bless you. It always impacts a double blessing. And to the degree that you don't show up and play that bigger game, you're withholding the double blessing on who it, it's meant for. So it's never, it's never just a one-way track. You don't need to feel guilty or think that it's selfish. It actually just keeps the expansion going.
0: Mm, that's so beautiful. And the way that I think about that, the way I had to integrate that into my own life was I look at someone I admire and I ask myself, what if they decided to play small because they thought they were insecure about this or this or this, when really they are providing, not only are they expanding my viewpoint of what's possible, they have whatever followers, You know, it could be five, t- 250,000, whatever, that ripple effect is pretty large. You can create a ripple effect by just being in your divine state. 10,000%, 10, 10,000%.
1: 10, so, uh, if you want to stay in touch, come find me on Instagram. I'm at Gina DeVee. If you like this conversation, uh, you can get the book at divineliving.com forward slash book or wherever books are sold. And I also have a free companion course to the book. You don't even have to buy the book to get it. though I want you to, um, you can go to divineliving.com forward slash audacity. There's books, uh, there's our uh, workbooks, videos, Um, lots of positive programming. It's just what I wanted uh, women to have so that you can have your queenhood supported.
0: Yes, sisters, buy this book. One, I mean, just letting you know the binding is really beautiful too. So it's like a beautiful book in general and I'm very all about that. So yes, sisters, buy the book. I'll leave a link in my show notes and you can follow me at Scout Sobel and sisters, we will catch you later.